Yes, recording live today, twenty seventh, twenty twenty, and I have the privilege of speaking with none other than Dante Clark, who is also known by Don Black, a poet, a messenger, an author, an all around artist, and much more, which we'll be getting into right now. My brother Dante, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing well, brother. How are you, my man? Everything is well. I'm so appreciative of you being on this call with me, recording. Um, appreciative of your time. And, you know, with everything that's going on, um, you know, around us and, so, you know, in our own environments, but also with what is being shared, you know, uh, with the masses, you know, how are you, how's your mindset? How are you dealing with everything that's going on right now? Uh, for me... Man, um, you know, what other people go through in their lives, whether whether it's people that's close to me, people that I talk to, or people I'm scrolling on Instagram, or just seeing people on the road, just like everybody struggle is like something that just like marked on my heart. Like I just take note to like what 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 other folks have going on. And some days it get me down because it's like I wish I had enough enough love for the world, man. I wish I had long arms to just grab everybody and just hug them and just, you know, impute some healing power upon people. But as far as me personally, um, how I deal with things is just, you know, deep meditation, prayer, and just like practicing mindfulness, just being thankful for like whatever it is that I have in the moment. You know what I mean? Being able to see, being able to hear, being able to think. And, um, Right now, I'm currently just in a writing phase. Uh, I'm finishing up the last few edits to my to my collection of poetry that I've been, you know, just thinking about in this time of deep reflection, this year of reflection of being isolated or, or quarantined or you know what I mean, just uh, separated from from regular activities and just being able to just process my emotions and then just write them down. So I'm in I'm in a beautiful space right now. I've been doing a lot of healing, man. Absolutely, my brother. That's really good to hear, uh, especially, you know, uh, with everything that you just mentioned, right? Like ha learning to separate what's going on in the world, right? And then learning how to deal with that on your own and your own personal life. And, you know, I appreciate your explanation. And thank you so much for even mentioning the deep reflection, right? Because, again, as this year end, you know, as some people are celebrating the new year, may say, or, you know, Obviously, that's something that, you know, not everyone adheres to because we understand that's a Gregorian calendar or whatnot. But more importantly, we understand that, you know, people are going into this phase of reflection. And as you reflect back into 2020, for you personally, what would be something that you are appreciative of in 2020? Right. 2020 synonymous with clear vision. What is something in 2020 that was brought to your attention that you're more thankful for or you're aware of? Right in this uh, time, the power of God, the Almighty, mm. the Creator, just like, just like for a long time, I say for me for about ten years, I just been on a real intentional spiritual path of like, I want to know how I am supposed to be in this world, um, and every year, every day, every challenge that I've experienced in my life, and everything that I've worked hard for, for not just myself but for, for other people around me. Every time I come across new information, it just allows me to just be very thankful and very humble. And just seeing like some of like our current day conditions like come to fruition 
it's just seeing like what what this what this time period was going to be like years ago just imagining like it's going to come a time where it's going to be like inevitable like to have mm. certain conversations or to just get everyone's attention at once and to just have that opportunity of seeing you know for a couple of days just the world just pause for a moment you feel me to just mm. be like right all right, nothing is going on right now. Everybody go in the house. You feel me? It was mm. just like, I felt like that was like a, a moment from like a revelation for me to just sit and pause and just like watch how the most high work with, within everybody and within my life personally. So for me, it was just like an opportunity to just pause and just appreciate waking up. You feel me? Mm. Whether not tripping about whether there is or is not a vaccine or a coronavirus or what nobody right. had going on, not worried about going to the stores or not worried about getting back to quote unquote regular day activities was just like I woke up today. You feel me? Mm -hmm. And right. with this breath in my lungs, how can I be appreciative? You feel me? And with that, it just brought a lot of clarity and healing for me. Uh, throughout this year so it's just, I'm just very I'm thankful man I'm thankful that's beautiful my brother that's a wonderful response and just to you know follow up with what you just ended and just said you said breath and as I was obviously looking into you know uh, this interview and you know looking into what you've been up to I saw that you released an EP earlier this year I believe it was in August right and it, the title of it is called 30 piece and I believe it's four to five songs on there, and one of them is Breath. Is that correct? Yeah, it's called Breathe. Breathe. Okay, yes. Talk about that song, my brother. Oh, man, that song, honestly, it's it's an old song. Like, I wrote that song when I was, uh, what, 22 or 23 years old when I wrote okay. that song. And to me, the song represents just, like, growing up, and being in an environment where I felt like my breath every day was just like threatened. You feel me? Whether that was, whether that was uh being in an environment where it's like guns uh, blazing, or you talking about the Chevron refinery, you talking about asthma, you talking mm. about you talking about the food that we eat that can cause you know uh congestion in in, in the lungs. And then, you know what I mean? You have an asthma attack if that's what you got. So I just feel like as a black man, like every day, man, my my, my reason for existing is challenged or I'm, I'm on borrowed time. You feel me? So it's like at that time I was just expressing like, I just want to breathe. I don't really mm. care about having no cars and no, no, none of that luxury stuff. The first thing I came in this life with was breath. Like, you feel me? I was breath. I was the breath <laughs> of life. If, if there I you go. Just have that. I'm right. leave me alone. You know what I'm saying? Just like I just want Facts. to breathe. And I, yeah, me saying that at 23, and then looking at what's going on at 30, just seeing how it it fit, and that to me made me feel like it's time for me to release this. You feel me? Like and stop, mm -hmm. stop holding it to myself. And just like, I'm just gonna put this out there because. You know, it's been seven years, and this is what the world is still talking about now with the Let Me Breathe movement. And it's like, I said this at 23, you feel me, 2012, 2013, and now it's a wow. saying Let Me Breathe. Yep. You feel me? So it's just like, man. So it just shows, like, that's what I meant when I say, like, to foresee something and don't really understand what it is that you see, but you can kind of feel it. And then you say it in a song, and then years later, people is talking about that exact thing, and it's like, 
like I couldn't have made this up. So that's why I'm saying all that I'm saying is like just being appreciative for a breath. You feel me? So that's what that song represents. Right, right. And 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 again, it's if you haven't checked it out yet, family, go ahead and do yourself a favor. It's available, I believe, on all platforms. Yes. And again, the title is 30 Piece. Can you just go into the title of the of the EP? Why'd you t- uh, titled it 30 Piece and, and the meaning behind that? Um, I titled it 30 Piece because I was working on the song. And at that time, it's like every year, you know, since I was 15, I questioned if I was going to be here in 30 years. It's a song by Mike Jones. Um, a rapper who came out back in 2004, 2005, and he had a song okay. on his album called Five Years From Now. And on that song, mm. it said, where would I go? Who would I be five years from now? Mm. Um, what would I, like, would I live? Would I be here five years from now? And I was 15 years old, and that song scared the hell out of me because I didn't mm. know I was going to make it five years from then. So when I turned 21, 25, and 20... In 27, 28, 29, every year I feel like I was afraid of most people that I know die younger, you feel me, or they was in jail. And so I'm like, if I can make it to my 30 piece, that say a lot, bro. And, and then I just wanted to call it 30 piece as in like P-E-A-C-E. And just like, mm. I wanted my, I allowed my teenage years and my early adult years to be I did what I could, but I kind of was living in fear. And I just wanted my, my, my new decade, my, my 30s onward, to just be mm-hmm. searching for peace, searching for validity and just breath. Like I don't need nobody's approval. It's like I, I was created. Something greater than me created me, and that's the biggest validation I will ever need. So with that mm-hmm. breath, how can I be appreciative? So I wanted to just name that EP 30 Peace. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm embarking upon this journey of finding peace for real, for real. Right. Stabbed and approved family by a higher power. Absolutely. Definitely take a listen to it. And again, I was listening to a few of the songs. And man, when you, I, I heard uh, New Water, which is part of the EP 30 Peace, uh, you know, you said something that which is so amazing and you just touched on right now. You said uh, who is walking in his anointment. And I was like, wow, like that just tells you, you know, so much about who you are. But more importantly, your what you what you deem to be important. Right. Because, again, in this day and times, um, you know, everyone has a different standard to what is important. But you said walking in his anointment. Mm -hmm. And to me, that just stands like, you know, you obviously stand apart in so many different ways. And when you say that, it's a clear indication of, you know, self-identity and knowing your purpose, mm. right? And when I listen to you speak, right, I, I know that you're living your purpose. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. And I want to get into that, you know, discovering your purpose, you know, coming to this conscious awareness at your age, right? You had to go through all these trials and tribulations which were absolutely, you know, approving, you could say even approving ground, but more importantly, you know, experiences that you had to go through, right, personally, and to grow into who you are today. So that being said, you know, talk about, you know, how you were able to find that purpose in your life and the, 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 the power and the meaning of finding that purpose. Wow, man. Uh, it's always difficult for me to answer that question because a part of me feel like I always knew, even when I was like very young, 
And then another part of me feel like I didn't come into contact with what that was until I was like an adult. So I, I would say this. In my life, I've always felt connected to people around me. I felt like I, mm-hmm. I knew exactly how they were feeling. And sometimes I knew exactly what they may have needed. Whether I could give mm-hmm. it to them or not, I just felt connected to people's struggle. People around me always felt like I understood them. When I was a little kid, I remember like I would always be the voice of reason. If, if, if two people was arguing, they would both look to me to, to decide who was right or who was wrong. And mm. I would always have to be, I would always have to be like, I understand what you were saying is this. And what this person is saying is this. What I think y'all both need to do is this. And so just like being young and being able to do that, that was one part of me knowing like, I'm going to be some type of peacemaker because I'm always in the middle of other people's things. And I'm, I, I'm just understanding or I'm, I'm, I'm not judgmental or whatever people would say. And then mm-hmm. when when teachers would say, like, I had a great ability of writing or the way that I write makes people feel like I'm talking directly to them. Um, this would be in like fifth grade, you feel me? Fourth grade, third grade, English mm-hmm. papers. Mm-hmm. And so just teachers telling me that no matter how I was doing in school, good or bad student, whatever, when it came to writing, everybody always say the way you write. In the way you tell a story, you pull people in, you make people want to listen. So I figured mm. in my late teens, like, if I don't do nothing else, I know one thing for sure. When I speak, people listen. So if I can figure out a way to put my thoughts into some form of writing, I know that's going to be my career path. So if you're talking about a job, I knew I was going to be a writer. I'm not mm. talking about a career. When I say anointing, I'm talking about when you actually start writing and and people Mm. start responding to you. And when the Mm -hmm. lights come to you, how you walk in your day-to-day life and how people are drawn to you. That's when I realized, like, hold up. It's it's something that I'm called to do. It's not just writing Mm -hmm. pretty poems and pretty songs. It's just like when it's like the ability to when you walk in a room and don't say nothing, but everybody is watching you and waiting for you to give the okay, or just people telling you like, bro, your presence meant a lot. And it's like, I didn't say nothing mm-hmm. in the whole two, three hours I was in here. But it's like, <laughs> but we felt your presence. Right. So when people start telling right. me that, who ain't never seen me perform, who ain't never watched me on no, no movies or nothing, they just, your presence said everything we needed. You feel me? It was comforting. It was something about you. That's when I realized, like, okay, bro, whether you speak or don't speak, people are drawn to you. So you got to be mindful of how you live in and how you interact with people. Because now that's, that's different. Some people could walk in the room and people don't notice them. But when you could walk right. in the room and not say nothing and the people, everybody notice when you, you know what I mean? I'm like, all right, different. Yep. So when I speak, people listen, and when I don't say nothing, people are watching even more because now they want to know what I'm thinking. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm like, Facts. all right, bro. You, it's it's a walk that you got to walk that you're going to be in turmoil until you accept that. And then that's another part where 30 mm. Peace come from of me saying, like, my name good, I'm walking in my anointment. It's like accepting that. You feel me? It's like mm. you, can, you can get mm. the call, and some of us accept it, and some of us kind of like, 
try to dodge it. But, mm. but it's a few of us who just can't walk away from it. It's either good or bad. You are going to lead people. And you can be held responsible right. for what footsteps you take. Facts. Proverbs 16, 13 says, Righteous lips are the delight of kings, and they love him that speaketh right. And, you know, I think that's a great way to summarize everything you just said, because, you know, I can attest, you know, as, as to what you're saying, because I've had the pleasure of sharing so many different experiences with you in my personal life, in my professional life and everything, right? Just as friends and brothers. But I, I, I shared with these, shared this with you, you know, earlier, um, you know, uh, a few, few weeks ago. And I was telling you how one time I, I, I came up to you and I was like, we were talking, we're celebrating, you know, we're just like in this moment of celebration. And I'm like, yo, like, yo, I'm reading a whole chapter of Proverbs a day. Right. And like, you know, I was going through this awakening or through this, you know, moment of, in life where, you know, I was returning to what you, you were talking about, that purpose, right? That, 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 that you know, the, what you know is a calling. And, you know, I was so, you know, like, again, in my awakening stage and I'm like, yo, I'm reading a whole chapter of Proverbs. And you looked at me, you said, brother, that's a lot. Right. But you didn't say it in a way of judgment. You just said it like, yo, that's a lot. And then I had to, I took that. I was like, yo, he's right. Like, Yo, I can't even like that's all you need is one, you know, word verse, really. And, you know, that's what, you know, I, I can attest that to you, what you just said. Right. So uh, thank you, my brother, for walking in on your purpose and, you know, being a, 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 sh a bright light, you know, to the world and, and being that salt that, you know, definitely adds flavor to this earth. Because, again, you know, not everyone walks in their purpose, you know, some um, shine away from that light or, or from that responsibility, you know, because of what comes with it. But thank you, my brother. And going, you know, moving forward from that, you are also an author and you said you're working on new poetry. But before we even get into that, you know, you are, um, you know, recognized for no freedom. And that is something that you published not too long ago. Uh, right, correct? right, correct. Yes. And, you know, um, I just want to read one of my favorite pieces. Right. And it's very short. And again, when you get this book, it's called No Freedom. And you can order this right now, I believe, on Amazon and on what other platform, my uh, brother? It's mostly on Amazon or you can DM me or get in contact with me and get it directly. OK, perfect. And when you get this book, because you have to get this book, which is just because of. The, 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 the value of what's inside, right? And again, I'm just going to read one simple piece and it's called Seek. And it says, though he knows your heart, it's not until you know his that you'd be renewed. Can you just explain that for us? Please? Oh, man. It's like, I'm in, in, in short, a lot of times, whether people believe or don't believe in God or higher power, oftentimes we will say, I'm a good person and God knows my heart. And it's like, you are absolutely correct because he made you. And he can mm. see everything, right? He's in all of us. And because he knows your heart, your, your purpose on this earth is to learn his. And it's not until you learn what his heart is that you can walk in what he created you to be and what he created you to do. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm. 
you have to understand that. And that's the journey. And that, that's what I had to realize. Like, yes, he knows my heart. He know I didn't mean to hurt this person's feeling. He knows that I, I'm really trying to do my best. And But that's still not, that's, that's almost like you can easily get caught in settling with he knows my heart. And based off your understanding, you will say that you're a good person. But it's not about mm-hmm. if you think you're a good person. It's just a simple fact of like, that's for example, like, you say you hungry and I just bring you anything. But you mm-hmm. may be allergic mm-hmm. to certain foods, right? Or you right. may be on a particular right. diet or you may you can't yeah. have certain things, right? Would right. would it wouldn't it be like beloved of me to ask you, well, what is it that you desire to have? Mm. Like what do you want? What will make you feel good? What will be fulfilling for you? Right. And you would have to boom. This is what I asked. This would be my will. Mm. I would I would love if you could bring me this. So when I go out mm. there and get exactly what you ask me for, wouldn't you feel like, wow, this person truly loves me? Because this person mm-hmm. did exactly what I asked them to do. <laughs> you know right. It's like right. that simple. Like to me, it's that simple. But of course, a lot of us—it's not complicated. Will stumble at that part. Right, right, man. Thank you so much for that explanation, my brother. And again, like I said, "No Freedom" by Dante Clark. It's available on Amazon right now, and it's a must-get, must-read. Just have it in your library. I'm telling you, the value of this book is going to go up just because of what it means. And again, just all the art and everything that's inside of this book. Thank you so much, my brother, for producing this book. And again, um, you know, uh, we're going to be going into your new poetry just in a little bit. But before we do, my brother, I definitely just want to touch base with you on, uh, you know, what a lot of people are speaking, or what a lot of people are doing right now is streaming, you know, or, or, or watching or viewing you know, different types of media, right? Whether it's a movie, it's a film. And as you mentioned, and as I introduced you, I mentioned you are a writer. You are, you know, someone who produces um, great art and work outside of poetry. So, um, you know, what is your current perspective with, you know, what is being portrayed or being shown in different media platforms? And what are you doing to create your own vision for the future with your own art right whether that's a film whether that's poetry whether that's um you know um uh, um, plays right um i've I've produced and been a part of other productions um i produced some plays written some plays starred in some plays um a couple of films uh web series etc my opinion about content is like it's it's a it's a billion different videos as far as music and and uh film you know stories it's a lot of stories out there almost any story you can right. think of is probably one made one about to be made or one that just didn't make the screen right i feel like a lot of the stories that we tell um i will i feel like hmm how could i say this I'm going to speak mostly about um, me and my where I come from and my background. So as a black man, yeah. I feel like growing up, we, we see a lot of the same story. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's us being killed. 
it's us going to jail, it's us being in slavery, or it's us fighting for some type of right or breaking some type of barrier. And all of those are good stories to know. We need to learn our history. If we're not going to read it in a book, it is. it could be beneficial to, to see the actual thing and be able to imagine what it was like to be in these particular moments. And that's beautiful. Uh, at the same time, I would like to see more... I would like to see stories that go a little bit more in depth of just about like our healing and our love as black people. And I feel like mm -hmm. I would like to create some of those stories or just some stories where we more stories of just like us telling our history from the perspective of people that we don't often hear from. Like we right. like I've never heard like if say, for example, we had a story about black folks and, and, and brown folks. That's, that's living in tent cities and you go into this world of folks that's living under these bridges and in these tent cities and you see them having like uh, uh, study lessons where they're breaking down words. They're, they're talking about history and they're practicing the ancient uh, customs of their ancestors. And if you dove into they have their own open mic nights where they share their own stories and they have their own healing circles. And it's like. What if we heard from these folks in a way that was just honest and true to their existence? That's not just about them being poor or the drugs, but like, what if we mm -hmm. heard some real healing information from these folks that's living in their cars and under the bridge and in ten cities? Like, what, like those type of perspectives is like something that I want to see and something that I wish to create. So for me right now, after I finish this book, my second book of poetry, I plan to write plays or short stories that talk about certain people we don't really hear from in just an honest and a beautiful way. And it could be, you know, very imaginative, but I feel like we should tell those stories. because Some of the best uh, bit of information I get be from people that be at the bus stop. It'd be from people who we think mm. drunk or standing outside the liquor store or who just come mm -hmm. up to me randomly. And that's another thing right. that makes me feel like walking in that purpose because these people don't know me and feel comfortable to just come up to me and start talking. And that's another thing that I'd be like, man, I don't know if this is an angel that the most high sent to me to see if mm -hmm. I'm going to how or respond to this person or if this person mm -hmm. was sent in this fashion to look this way, but had a very divine message that only I was supposed <laughs> to receive. Like, right. In a crowd of people, why did this person feel drawn to me to come and tell me something that was very beneficial to me? And it's like, no one would ever think that some of my poems or some of these plays come from people that look like this. So it's like, I would want to tell these type of stories in a way that was humanizing and beautifying them. You feel me? Not to capitalize on them being poor, not to just make a political statement, but to just be like, man, these people is beautiful when you really take the time to listen to them. Absolutely. And that's such a powerful, you know, tool is, you know, the medium of film, video, you know, anything that is going to tell a story. Um, and, you know, what what be better way or what, you know, who better than someone like yourself or someone who's coming from a pure, you know, uh, real, authentic uh, background as well? Because what I've been noticing and as I've been studying, right, is, you know, like you said, the narrative always gets to be, is always told from a different 
you know, from a different angle because there's different parties involved. And I was listening to a different podcast earlier today and they were saying that, you know, in order for you to control the narrative, everyone in the room needs to be looking like you and everyone in the room needs to be thinking like you almost, right? And everyone has to be in the same mind state or at least in, in the same harmony, right? And what I want to allow my platform to do, especially now that we're, you know, talking and speaking right now, is, you know, if there's any filmmakers, is there, if there's anybody out there with a red camera, if you're a producer, if you're an actor, if you're someone who's looking to tell a positive, empowering, you know, story, right, a narrative that is different, you know, and you obviously, you know, want to get to work, then definitely DM this brother, right, Don Black. Uh, how can they reach you, my brother? What's your Instagram handle? My Instagram handle is Don Black, D-O-N B-L-A-K, one word, D-O-N-B-L-A-K, Don Black. Right. And we're going to go over just again, he just mentioned briefly, right, his trajectory of work. But I'm saying if you're looking to organize, if you're looking to harmonize, right, with somebody who's standing, we can say on righteous shoulders or, you know, somebody that's trying to tell a story of empowerment, of truth. Right. Because, again, we have to control the narrative from our own personal perspective, because otherwise it's always going to be told from a victim perspective or, you know, an trying to overcome perspective. So thank you, my brother, for so much for clarifying that. And, you know, your answer, because that's definitely something that we're going to be able to break down and get a, gain, gain a lot of insight. Brother. But you said, uh, you know, obviously I want to go into this, uh, you know, into your little into your history very briefly. And then we can talk about, you know, how you got into playwriting and all your poetry. But if, you know, for those who are, you know, new and may not have, you know, are just being your, this is their first time being introduced to you. And then maybe listening to your voice and they're like, yo, I like what this brother is saying. They want to know your background story. So very briefly, my brother, where are you from? You know, what is your family origins? And, you know, what were your adolescent years like growing up? Man, um, so as far as Richmond, California, I'm from Richmond. Um, both of my okay. parents grew up in Richmond. Uh, I've stayed all over Richmond, California, uh, from 6th Street in North Richmond to Parchester Village to Central on, uh, on Marina Way to, to 15th and Cutting. I've worked all throughout Richmond my whole life. Uh, so that's where I'm from. Um, but I, I, I hold Norfolk dear to my heart because that's where I spent all of my years, no matter what part of Richmond I stayed. And that's where I got a lot of my family, a lot of my history. And then those are the years that just kind of morphed my understanding of the world, not just as a child, but just like as a young man growing up. So I claim North Richmond, but I'm from all over Richmond, California. That's how I look at it, because all of those is my people. Now, my background, mm -hmm. how I got into poetry. Um, oh, I, my, I'm, I'm probably skipping ahead. So what was your other question? So, yeah, you obviously uh, just, you know, your family origins, you know, your family story. Hold on. So like you... Yeah, like your siblings. How many siblings you got? Oh, yeah. So I got um, three older brothers, four older okay. sisters, and one younger sister. So in total, we is nine of us. Um, we have some of us have different dads. Some of us have different mothers. But those is my brothers and those is my sisters. Um, we all was born and raised in Richmond, California. Mostly grew up in North Richmond, California. Um, all of them have children. I do not have no children. Um, so I got probably like 23, 24 nieces and nephews. Um, and, and I love them all dearly. You feel me? Uh, yeah. Right. 
Okay. And then obviously, you know, uh, talk a little bit about your adolescent years and you being introduced into poetry. What was that like? Um, adolescent, man, I feel like I had a very beautiful childhood. You know what I mean? I say from zero to 12, my childhood was beautiful. Around 12 years old is when we started really experiencing some hardships. You know, um, moms wasn't able to provide as much as she used to. Um, Pops was starting to go in and out of prison. And, well, he was in prison my early uh, years of my life and he got out and he kind of was going in and out. So my teenage years started to become a little bit more hard. Um, you know, a lot of your friends don't ain't friends no more because different neighborhoods now that we are now associating ourselves with. So at one point in time, you could be from over here and still go to the other neighborhood. But once, you know, neighborhoods start splitting, then you had to pick a side. So around 12, 13 mm. years old, some of my friends, I couldn't see them as much or I couldn't be with them as much because it wasn't it didn't really feel as safe. So. My, my my adolescence brought a lot of trying times. You know what I'm saying? You gotta uh, you gotta right. see a friend today and then see them gone the next day, and you you have to wonder like, wow, how could a person be here today and they I will never see this mm. person again? And I didn't get I didn't mm -hmm. get a chance to live out my dreams that we had with each other. So that brought a lot mm. of like turmoil within myself, within my classroom, um, and adults that was trying to care for me in my life and my education couldn't reach me. So me hmm. feeling like nobody understood me, I just resorted back to what one thing everybody always told me is like I was a good writer. And I felt like, man, mm -hmm. I, I got to write these thoughts down. Like before I knew that that was therapy, that was just something that I did. It's like, I'm just going to write. I'm going to just write. And hopefully I can make it with my writing. If I write, if I keep writing, if I write, if I write, if I write, I can just keep going. And so from that, hmm. started writing raps. And then from raps, um, a friend of mine, he was doing the poetry. He rapped too, but he was he was kind of geared towards poetry. And every time he I spit him a verse, he'd spit me a poem. And his name is TJ, TJ, uh Terrence James. Um, he's from Richmond too. Um, and I never really understood what he was saying, but it just the sound of it felt so good. And I was just like, man, bro, I don't know what you're saying, but I like your flow. So one day I said, I'm gonna try to do a poem. And once I did the poem, you know. Uh, I got a good response from it. Then I wrote another poem. Then a couple people, you know, started crying. And some people felt like I was speaking for them. And then that's where that, that the mm -hmm. idea of are your purpose and your calling. It's like, all right, boom, people are responding to your words. And so from that, at 17 years old, I was like, I'm about to start. I rap, but I'm going to start writing poetry. And I'm like, my rap is going to influence my poetry. But my poetry, if I keep trying it, it's going to influence my rapping. And then at, at, at some point, you ain't going to really be able to tell them apart because they're going to be so, like, intertwined. And I'm like, so that's how I started doing that. Around the same time of writing poetry is when I developed a passion to start writing film. And so I wrote my first mm. screenplay at 16, 17. Um, and so, wow. so I was doing that. So I'm like, bam, boom, I'm going to write poems. And I'm gonna figure out a way to try to make my my lines and my in my plays or my movies to be kind of poetic. And then I'm gonna do the music for the soundtrack. And you know what I mean? So at 17, right. 17, I was kind of like mapping it out. And that all stemmed from trauma. It stemmed from mm. this thing that I always knew I could do. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow, brother. That that that's deep. That's very deep. And you know, um, you 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 obviously were recognized so much, you know, in your in your poetry because you you shared, you competed, you shared, right? You 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 uh, did different um, events uh, performing your poetry as well. Um, 
And it's said that poetry makes us look inside, right? So that's the difference between poetry, right? It's a, it, like you said, your music and your poetry are intertwined and they go hand in hand. But poetry itself, just the art form itself, is something that we all can relate to because it speaks right to the soul. And one question that, you know, I, you know, I know a lot of poets, a lot of people who are creative are asking themselves is how do you find inspiration for your poetry? I know that you mentioned that you obviously, you know, you know, with people you meet on a day to day basis. But what inspires you to write? Because there's a difference between an experience, living it, and then taking pen to paper and then writing it down. So what inspires you to go through that whole process? Uh, in short, I say um, hearing somebody's story. You feel me? Uh, if, I, mm. if I hear if I hear some music that if a, if, I, if I'm listening to an artist and they say something that like touch on so it's so specific that it makes me think about my life and what they're saying. It's like they just said exactly. They made me remember this feeling that I once had that was buried somewhere within me and that has now surfaced. And it's like, it's so present that it's like, I want to be able to write this down because the words that come to my mind or the feelings or the images is so like, now I can taste it. It's like, I got to share people. I got to share this with people, with someone. If I, um, yeah, I say it's just good art, whether it's music, a play or a film of history, um, you know, just watching life, you feel me? Just sometimes just watching in the the the, the animal planet, you feel me? Just seeing how animals and just <laughs> right. like, it's certain birds that help each other. Like one bird is trying to get a mate yeah. and it'd be like three younger birds that, that practice a routine dance with this male bird. And then when it's, when they're, when they got their dance and routine down, they, when the lady bird comes, they all sing and practice this dance for this bird to mate with this female bird. And then that's that. And just seeing that whole thing would make me think of a play of like, what would it look like if I wrote a play based off of a boy trying to get this girl's attention and him and his friends are practicing a dance? That was just the story. Mm. You know what I mean? So just like seeing, just seeing life and just seeing the beauty and just like living people and living things just around me, just like make me want to share somebody whatever revelation that i had you feel me and i feel like that's the spiritual part it's like when you look at something and you just see it you don't really trip when you really look into a subject look into the tree look into this bird and what created this colors and how is this bird different from this bird and they look the same but the, you know what i mean when you look into things it's mm. like a deep appreciation for everything we all have blood. We all have breath, eyes, and some 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 means of getting around, and it's all different. You feel me? Like no one walks the same. We all have. Some of us mm. have legs, and some of us don't. Whatever, but none of us move the same. And like that right there makes me. That inspires me to be like, wow, bro, that's awesome. How can I? How can I show that this person walks different than you do? You know what I mean? Like. How does this person talk different than you do? Like, how can mm. you hear a person's voice and be like, oh, man, that's Eric. That's TV. No, that's that's Dante. I know that voice. Like, how is our voices different? You know what I mean? Like, those types of things, <laughs> when I think about it, look into it, makes me want to tell the story of why this is important. You feel me? And then I just get inspired off of that. 
beautiful, my brother, beautiful. And, you know, um, I'm sure that, you know, something that brings a lot of peace to you, as it does to me, is nature. And I saw that you were in Mount Shasta not too long ago. Um, that's here in California, Northern California. Um, you know, you posted it on Instagram or whatnot. But, you know, uh, just, you know, moving in that direction, can you talk a little bit about, you know, how that experience was for you at Mount Shasta, you know, being in nature, your appreciation for nature? Oh, man, that was, that was like one of those when something is like, it's a four-hour drive. So, one, I've realized about myself is that drives are, uh, it's therapeutic for me. Like, just getting in the car and just driving. Whether I'm listening to music or silence. Like, sometimes driving there or back, I won't even play the radio. I won't even talk Mm. to myself or think out loud. I will just drive in silence and just allow my thoughts to just be in my head. And that's therapeutic. So, just even on the drive up there for the first time was just like, I don't know where I'm going. I know, you know, you got the GPS (laughs) and tell you, I've never been here before. I've never traveled down this road, so I don't know what to expect. I don't know where I'm going. And then once I get there, and I'm 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 with my with my partner and her family, and we we sitting up on this on on this land, and I'm just looking like, wow, the mountain is right there. The sun rise right there, and the sunset. You know what I mean? You just standing on the land and. And it's just the, the clean air going to the water. You can dip your cup into the mountain water and the water is coming out from the rock. You feel me? This is fresh water. And just being able to right. drink fresh water, to dive in fresh water and to just be so far away from everything that I know and to just be somewhere and just be uncomfortable but feel so at home is just like, that was also a beautiful experience that kind of inspired me to even write this second collection of poetry. Was like, mm-hmm. like when I was out there in that for the week and a half, the first time, it just felt so beautiful and so regular and normal how life should be. It made me be like, man, I gotta write a book about you feel me about this type of experiences and how we don't, <laughs> how I don't, I, I didn't, I don't remember these experiences as much growing up because of whatever it is that I had going on. So it made me want to recall some of these memories. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just being in that new environment was very helpful, very healing, bro. It was very Nah, I hear you, my brother. I hear you loud and clearly, man. Because I definitely wanted to ask you just because I had a very similar experience, you know, going to Mount Shasta. And like you said, the silence of either driving there or just being there, right, in nature and just capturing and being able to take it all in is a different experience and i'm so happy and excited to hear that it inspired you know obviously your new poetry and like i said we're about to get into that new poetry because uh, like i i'm sure everyone's anticipating your new piece of work which is going to be your poetry and we're about to go into that but before we do you know i I definitely want to touch on something um you know and that's the film that you were able to write and i believe produce as well and, you know, got you a lot of notoriety and, you know, brought, um, you know, public um, attention, you can say, um, to you from a huge landscape, right? Because of the of the film and the meaning of it, but also the people who were behind it. Now, 
I love the fact that, you know, the perspective that I get to see is a real one from you because I get to see you, you know, behind the scenes and, you know, once, you know, um, it's set and go and everyone's there, the audience is there. And to be honest with you, there's not much of a difference. You're always, you know, the same individual, the same person. And going into that film, Romeo is bleeding. So many people would say, yo, he's made it. He's successful. Right. He had the red carpet premiere. You know, he did the pictures. He did like the performance like, yo, he did it. He made it. Right. And that's how I believe a lot of, you know, um, just people have perceived or seen it, you know, or, or, or would even say that about you. Would you say that you've made it because of the notoriety and, you know, of, of the film and, you know, you were able to produce it? Would you say you've made it? And how has that changed your life? You know, how 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 has that impacted your I life? I would say um, I have entered into, like, a space in a realm of acceptance. Like I said, like, you could, it's one thing to be like, oh, I'm a writer and I just write. But for those who don't know and is hearing this for the first time, I wrote a play called Taze Harmony, which is a remake of my life experience with the young people I was working with doing poetry workshops in Richmond. Um, it's a remake of Romeo and Juliet. So the documentary Romeo is Bleeding follows me and the, the students that I'm working with rewrite this story based off our lives. So the fact that the first play that I worked on to produce first time acting, first time writing, and first time co-directing is being documented in a film that leads to being a, a, an award-winning documentary that is produced and showcased on Netflix. So the fact that that was my first time, I wouldn't say I made it. I was just getting started. You know what I mean? I, that, that was my first time. I, I, I took two months to write the rough draft, two months to edit the other, the, 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 the two, the first act and the second act, the second act. So in four months total, it took me four months to write it and then two months to practice it, rehearse it. We put on the show two times or three. We put on the show mm. three times and that was that. And the film of us doing that in that six months turned into a documentary that was talking about my life growing up. So I feel like that film was mm. an opportunity for me to see myself through other people's eyes. Because like you say, like I'm living my life every day. So a camera being on me, I don't recognize the significance of what I'm doing as much. It's like, I know it's important. I know I'm talking about real mm -hmm. stuff. I know real people going to feel it. I know people love Shakespeare. I know people love poetry. I know it can be successful, but it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a difference when you know something can be successful. And when you have to walk through the process of doing it and seeing how people respond to you, in ways that you would have thought it would have taken years to get their attention. Like mm. to get certain people's attention that, that co-signed the film or saw the film or commented on, on, on a post or DM'd me in, in, in uh, Colombia, like people in Ireland, like it's like, it's crazy to the, the amount of notoriety and appreciation that, I got from the first project that I did that was just kind of like regular in the sense of my mind. So I feel like I wouldn't say I made it. You feel me? I feel like 
I was stepping into a realm of acceptance. It took me traveling with the film, talking to thousands of people to be able to stand on my own. Because some people saw the film and then saw me talk to them right after the film and said, watching you in person was better than the film. And that's even more powerful because mm. it's like, like right. me being here talking to y'all feels better than just watching the film. That's that's like, <laughs> this was 90 minutes yeah. of, you feel me? Like, this is a movie, but them feeling like you standing here talking to us is like, because now we can see you then, but the version of you that we have now is far more beyond that. So it's like, we can't, now we want to see what you create next. You feel me? So it's like, but I had to, yeah. I had to become myself. You feel me? I had to get over the fears. I had to get over the, the expecting death around the corner and just live my life. And that's what 30 Pieces is about. So I feel like mm. now I'm, I've, I'm, I'm making it because I'm, I'm more at peace with myself. You feel me? I'm more confident <laughs> and I'm more sure of like what I'm doing. Like, I don't have to question right. no more. Wow. That's powerful, my brother, because you just connected all the dots, right, as we've been speaking, right, from speaking on purpose to, you know, obviously, you know, poetry, and then obviously you becoming a writer and then producing this uh, play, and then obviously it turning into an award-winning documentary. Like, you know, this is literally highlighting your trajectory, but more importantly, just telling the the, the factual story that, you know, nothing is impossible, right? But more importantly is that when you move with purpose and you align with purpose, right, nothing can really right. stop you. So, my, you know, my brother, thank you so much for that. And, you know, speaking about, you know, the power of film, you know, there's so many people, creatives, actors, artists, like there's people who are sitting down right now with the notebook and they're like thinking like, yo, what can I do to get my, my work on Netflix? What can I do to, you know, go through that experience because again, you know, they want to go, go through that experience. What advice would you have for someone who has, you know, um, all this intellectual property that has these screenplays that has these, um, you know, all this art that they're ready to share. What advice would you give to them before they do, or, you know, in the process of them doing so, of them sharing it with the world and, you know, making I would it say before you share, um, make sure it's going to be something that edifies the community and create the type of work mm. that challenges you in the process. And I would say wherever that project is supposed to live, it's going to happen organically. Like I never thought about, mm. you know, uh, like when the producers was like, oh man, we trying to get the film here. We trying to get the film there. My mindset was, if the film is dope, no matter where we show it, people are gonna want to see it. So you right. just gotta get people attention. If we got, if we have to try to figure out mm -hmm. how to rent out theaters or small theaters and tell people about it and just go around the country, city to city, to every small theater and school and rent it out and show the film and promote it, then that'll be best for us because now we we touching people. We we actually are in people's cities showing them the project. We in a different time now, to so where it's like. You know we got we got different limitations on space and gathering. So I would say still, whether it's online or in person, however you want to do your thing, I can't tell nobody how to do it. I would just say like, focus on creating it, 
and know that it's going to reach people. And then from there, you just go out there and just be loud about it. You know what I mean? And wherever it's supposed to be, mm. it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right on. Right on, my brother. And, you know, the power of film, again, just continuing with that, like film is used today, like, um, you know, by so many different companies and corporations to, you know, introduce products, you know, a, th- a way of thinking, a narrative. And, you know, I was listening or reading somewhere earlier that, said that uh, film is a tool of propaganda and propaganda is a tool of war, right? So film can literally be used to even cast a spell, could be used to, you know, give a certain light to people or, you know, to just give a whole demeaning aspect. And when I hear you talk about creating new pieces of art of work, I know that this needs to be something that is pushed to the forefront by everyone who's listening in the audience, right? Because here we have a storyteller, we have a creative, we have an artist, we have, you know, a producer, a, a, a story writer who has all these stories, all these experiences who we, he just said, he's just getting started, right? You just getting started and you've already, you know, been, um, um, the work that you've produced has already caught the attention, but more importantly, empowered and brought to attention, right? So many um, important uh, factors. And that's the power of the work and of what you represent, my brother. And, you know, I think that, again, for everyone listening, connect with this brother via Instagram. Uh, you know, make sure that you're supporting him via his work, via the book. And obviously talking about uh, the new poetry book that you're, you're going to be releasing, my brother. Can you speak on that? You know, the, the power of, you know, um, releasing a poetry book in 2020 and 2021, right? Where everything is shifting and everything is moving and everything is changing around us. You're going to release a poetry book that has inside of it words that will bring life and bring healing and will bring so many different experiences and, and, and feelings to people. Can you talk about your new poetry book, the title of it, if you have it, and the meaning All right, so when it. I was um, when I was out there in Mount Shasta in the summer, like around July, uh, I was out there like July, August, um, a little bit in September. So while I'm out there, I just started thinking about, you know, what was going on uh, the fires. I was thinking about the the, the protests. Um, I'm thinking about just just uh, life, man. And and it made the first the first the title was uh, called "The Times We Lived," and I wanted it to be like mm. a joyous book of like, wow, man, the times that we lived, the times when we just sat around at the dinner table and prayed together before we ate. And we all sat at the table and just mm-hmm. talked and laughed. I don't know about nobody else, but in a lot of households that I was in growing up, black households, a lot of people didn't eat at the dinner table. It's like we all came in, got our food, and kind of like was scattered throughout. Some went to their room, some went outside, some sat in the kitchen, some in the living room. Kind of like people were scattered all throughout. So to just sit at the dinner table with, with, your, with, your, with your fam and just break bread and just laugh and talk. 
I'm like, wow, that was beautiful. So I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about the times that we live and document like moments in my life that I could remember that was very beautiful to be something positive. But at the same time, it's like when you start writing, other things emerge. It's like it don't care that you're trying to write a happy poem. You feel me? Like your feelings don't care. It's like <laughs> other feelings start coming up. And when those feelings come up, it's like right. I have to honor that because that's what's on. That's obviously what was on my heart. Me trying to talk about this led to something else. And so I realized once I'm like 20, 30 poems in now, um, I'm trying to find an editor and then I let somebody else read it and then they tell me, man, I based off of one of the poems that I wrote, she say, I think you should call the book Closed Caskets because it's just kind of more befitting to what the topic that you're talking about. You got a lot of heavy poems up in here, and I think closed caskets will be appropriate. So I kind of set them there for like two, three days, and then I came back with the idea of calling it closed caskets, C-L-O-S-E. And that could be close caskets or closed caskets. And I just feel like this was an opportunity of like, yeah, we want to talk about the times that we live, but you could also talk about the times that you survived, you feel me? Like the times that you act like you live. And that's it is embodiment right. of closed caskets. Just saying, like, man, these is people that I know, people that inspired me, people that believed in me, that was joyous around me, happy to see me, and they are no longer here. Or these are moments that I've experienced that I've overcome. You know what I mean? So it's just like, and it's also putting it's putting the end of fear, you feel me, or the fear of death, or the fear of failing, or the fear of not getting everything in a particular time frame. It's just like all of that, man. Close that, close that, bury that, and move forward. Be be um, welcome whatever transition you have to make, physically and spiritually, or metaphysically. You feel me? So that's what the title is about. Mm. It's like closed caskets. It's like me providing myself the space to acknowledge what I've went through, cry, be angry about it, admit it, and then you know move on. You feel me? So that's that's the collection. Um, and I'm just about done. I just got to pretty much write the the introduction and a list of acknowledgments, and I'm sending it in like tomorrow. So. <laughs> I'm wow. looking forward to putting this out <laughs> My there. Brother. It, it, I guess I needed to say all of this, man. I didn't. I, the other day, I was writing a poem about my little brother. Um, he had passed away. He had got killed back in 2013 during the time of making the play and, and doing the documentary. It took me... So that mm. was 2013. It's about to be 2021, so it took me eight years to write this poem, bro. So that's what I mean. Wow. It's like when you're trying to talk about one thing and something else is like hold on but you gotta you gotta acknowledge this and mm-hmm. it took me all day to write this poem the other day like i was sitting here from like seven in the morning till four in the afternoon in one spot redrafting and redrafting like no nah, i can't i don't want that's not it that's that don't really capture the mm-hmm. the thing and I wrote it and I'm I'm so happy about this poem for myself. You know what I mean? It's like for myself to just like acknowledge mm-hmm. my brother and to just write that piece was like healing for me. So it, you know what I mean? So it's just mm-hmm. like those type of pieces, like it's gonna be a lot of stories and it's gonna be some pieces where it's just kinda like 
I'm just coming at your head with with these bars, man. You know what I mean? So I'm just I'm just excited. <laughs> to get it out, man. I'm just excited. Absolutely. Now, and I'm sure it's going to be well received by everyone who obviously uh, you know gets their hands on this new piece of work that you are releasing. Please uh, say the title again so everyone uh, can search for it caskets, once it comes out. C L O S E caskets, closed caskets. And then, uh, obviously, you said the, the release date should be coming approximately in 2021, yes, February, early 2021, my, my, I'm aiming for February 21st or February 28th. Both of those dates are very significant to the book, so that's what I'm aiming for. Mm, okay. So, again, family, make sure that you tap in with Dante. Uh, again, on his Instagram handle is Don Black. That is D-O-N-B-L-A-K. Correct, my brother? Right. Perfect. Now, I just want to give a quick segue, right, uh, to, you know, um, going back to, you know, what we started with. Uh, Dante is someone who, when you meet or if you've met or if you know, carries with him, right, as we mentioned in the song, not only an anointing, but, you know, a great reputation, right, for being an individual who not only listens, but again, whose presence, uh, you know, it brings a lot of um, you know, um, healing can say, right? Because my brother is, he's tuned in, you can say. So Proverbs 22nd, you know, chapter 22nd, verse one says, a, choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. My brother, how can you break that down, that quick proverb, right? Choose a good reputation over great riches, being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. Once again, what does that mean like to you? The most important, the most precious thing in life is life itself. And it's like if you got a good reputation, like if people, when people hear your name or say your name or see you, it's just like you are you are welcome in the hearts of people. Like when no one can say nothing mm. bad about you. You know what I mean? When it's like, when you don't give them nothing but just like positive energy, you you humble, you're not talking about yourself. You're always willing and able to be there, to help, to serve. And it's like, when, when someone says your name, it's like, bro, that's better. Because whatever it is that you lack, you can get from other people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if, so it's mm-hmm. like, I, I, mm-hmm. and that's what I mean. It's like, man, my name good. I'm walking in my anointment. I want to a name to where it's like <laughs> man when you say my name whether it's a writer if you know me as poetry it's like i know he gonna come with the truth you know what i mean if you if you're talking about me mm-hmm. as a person in real life it's like man I, I know i could talk to tay or i know tay wouldn't do that you know what i mean i just want to have that type of name to where it's like man bro like it's, it's more important than silver and gold bro it's more important mm. and to just follow up on that you know, you're someone who, you know, treats everyone the same, right? When you meet someone, you always share that love. So whether you're sitting down with Russell Simmons, right, the creator, the director of or direct, of Def Jam and all these other platforms, or, you know, a regular, just someone, you know, from down the street, you know, you are going to treat them with the same respect and love. That being said, can you share maybe something that, you know, that you took away, that you learned, that you noted while sitting down with someone like Russell Simmons and then something that you learned from, you know, sitting down or just being 
in, you know, in proximity to someone who, you know, is, you know, probably has the opposite of what Russell Simmons would be, you know, somebody who, you know, is probably in the streets or somebody who, you know, obviously is just living their life according to their own standards. Could you give like a gem or something you learned from either or from Man, like from each party? Because this would come to my mind. Um, and I think I shared this with Russell Simmons too. Um, Russell Simmons, when we was doing our interview runs and we was talking and talking, what I noticed about him, even before that, what I noticed about him is you can assume he got millions of dollars or he's a billionaire. It don't really matter. We know that he has some power, some wealth to him. But he doesn't dress like it. Right. When I went to him, mm-hmm. he invited me to his house, to his one of his homes or his home. And when I came in there, we were sitting on his couch and he had on regular, uh, like some, I think some Buddha type pants and a, and, and, a, and a regular t-shirt with no socks, no shoes. And he was comfortable. He was chilling. When I walked in his house, as a matter of fact, he was sitting, he was laid back on the, uh, the lawn chair next to the pool. He was chilling. And it was just like, what I've learned from him, and this is one of his quotes. He said, I don't care how much money you got. Your ass could only sit in one chair at a time. And that's exactly what I did when I heard him say that. I laughed. It was just like, it's as simple as that. You feel me? If you follow him, he, he's, he's, yeah. been in the, he's been in his bag about spirituality and, and, and meditation and et cetera, et cetera. So he's, he's on that type of hype. And just hearing him say things like that, like, I don't care how much you got in this world. You can only sit in one seat at a time. You can have 12 cars. You can only yeah. drive one at a time. So simplicity is the key to mm-hmm. life. And then my pops, what I told him in that same interview was like, well, that reminds me of what my pop said, that I don't care how old you is. You could be 20 years old or 100 years old. You got there one day at a time, one step at a time, one mm-hmm. foot in front of the other. You can't walk with mm-hmm. two feet at the same time. You got to put one foot in front of the other. So just... My pops not having all the mm. money that Russell got, but came across a lot of money in the streets. You feel me? He have his own experiences. Mm-hmm. So seeing some person right now who 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 who's in the street still or in the community, not fully fulfilled. You know what I mean? All of his dreams monetarily, but you have somebody else who have a lot of money. Both of them saying you can only do something one at a time, and it's better to live simply. It's better to have a good mm-hmm. reputation. It's better to do good. It's better to just be appreciative for what you have. You feel me? So that's the type of game that I got that made me be like, it's all the same. You feel me? It, it reminds me, since we talk about Proverbs, it reminds me of the book of Ecclesiastes where at the end of the book, I mean, throughout the whole book, he's talking about, I didn't have everything you can have in the world. I didn't have all of the money. I didn't have all of the cars. Man. I didn't have thousands of wives, a thousand concubines. I didn't taste every fruit. I didn't travel. I didn't, I didn't inquire about everything <laughs> there is to know in the world. And all you're supposed to do is love your family, love your wife, your, or your, your husband, your spouse, whoever. Love your folks. Love the work that you do. And just keep the commandments. Like, obey the Father. Obey the, obey, obey the Creator. Like, honor the Creator. That's it. You know what I mean? Like, it's simple. Like, life is really simple when you realize that (laughs) you can only sit in one seat at a time. You can only live one day at a time. 
and everything else is going to fulfill itself. Mm-hmm. You just showing up. <laughs> Facts. Wow. Beautifully said, my brother. Beautifully said. And, you know, as we come to a short conclusion, my brother, I definitely you know want to make sure that everyone who's listening can connect with you again, you know, through your platforms. The best way to reach you, my brother, again, is probably through Instagram right now. Uh, email. Do you want to get your email out there by chance? If anybody wants oh, yeah, to hang, hit you up is with some Dante Clark at like Ymail. So D-O-N-T-E-C-L-A-R-K at Ymail.com. That's the letter Y, mail.com. Dante Clark at Ymail.com. Appreciate that, family. Definitely, you know, hit up Dante or tap in with Dante, better said, if you're looking to build as far as business goes or in any any other capacity that, you know, is obviously a serious manner. My brother, thank you so much for your time. And one thing I definitely want to get, you know, uh, before we even leave um, tonight or we, we disconnect is, you know, I want to give you the platform or the, you know, the, the, the opportunity to share a word or anything you may have in your heart for the audience, right? That may be listening, you know, anything that you feel that may resonate with someone, uh, you know, any word um, that you want to give. What you think comes from the heart and what you think you speak and what you speak, you do. So if we can think love, speak love, and become love, I feel like that will solve not only our health problems, um, our, our our sleepless nights, our our um, our destructive cravings, and just it will it will produce more harmony in the world. Mm-hmm. It's all the things that you think in your mind will manifest itself by your words, and then you will live it out. So it's like life happens in the mind first. It doesn't happen. Um, it doesn't happen anywhere else. Everything else is a is a is a effect of what you are thinking about. So let's think about healing. Let's think about helping. Let's think about like closure to things that is no longer serving us. Um, so think love, speak love, and become love. And I feel like you will experience the abundance of heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, my brother. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your words. I appreciate your existence because, again, you are living your truth and you're living out loud. So thank you so much for everything, my brother, again, as far as, you know, everything you're doing and creating and just being and, again, your time. So we will reconnect with you offline in a few minutes. But Dante Clark or Don thank Black, you, thank you so much, my brother. Yo. We'll be in touch soon. Yeah. Thank you, my brother. Right on.